Yesterday's price is not today's price. Why? Why? Yesterday's price is not today's price. We are full off-season mode now. We've gone all the way past the 2023 season. So I guess you could say technically that last week's price is still this week's price. We could, but that's our brand at this point, Todd. So we yeah. got to roll with it, man. Yeah, yeah, So yesterday's price is not today's price. So I'm Todd Halverson. I'm joined by Brian O'Leary and Matt Davis. Today we are doing a consensus ADP review of the 2022 2023 and 24 rookie classes. So Matt, Brian, and I have done our ranking combining all of those classes and we've averaged them out and we have our consensus ADP and we're going to blindly review them for me. I think Brian took a quick peek, but for me and Matt, we're basically going to blindly review these and go one by one and um, see what our ranking is when you combine together the 22, 23, and 24 classes. And just one note before we start, this is how they are today. This is not how they were as prospects in 22 and 23. So this is how they we would rank them today. Think of it as a cornerstone ranking for your dynasty teams um, from these last three classes. So Brian, you've already taken the quick peek. So we'll let you kind of lead us off. Who have we together Rank number one. So this is a, a boring yet very exciting player in the sense of, you know, there's not going to be much variation. I think everyone knows who's coming here. Uh, the guy that took the league by storm in this past draft class, CJ Stroud, all three of us had him ranked number one. So that's a boring but exciting player. Yeah, it would be <laughs> it would be crazy if someone didn't have him ranked first. So. That's how you, uh, know you know what's crazy to game. me is that a year ago, if you had told me, hey, there is absolutely no debate, I would you're gonna take CJ Stroud over Caleb Williams in January of 2024. I would have been like, You're crazy. After the year that Caleb Williams had just had, he just won the Heisman. He looked, yeah. I mean, he he was on a trajectory of being the best pro QB prospect of the last 20 years, which I still think he's up there. So don't get me wrong, I still think he's among the top two or three, maybe the best of the last 20 years. But CJ Stroud was just like that good that you I mean it's a no, it's a no-brainer. He's number one and he's well, top you're, you're, five dynasty QB. I was gonna say you're you're talking prospect with Caleb Williams, right? We saw CJ Stroud be an elite player in the NFL. So we think Caleb Williams probably will be like very good chance to be, but CJ Stroud is. So that's I mean, that's what it is right there. It's also a good reminder not to get too up or down when it's like rookie draft season. It's like, oh man, my guy didn't make it to me. Like I got sniped. It's like a lot of people were like annoyed that they were stuck with CJ Stroud at 106 last year. So it's it's really funny because it was it's it is like you're saying, Matt, there was like those couple tiers for the 23 class, and CJ Stroud was definitely like at the back end of it. Mm -hmm. It was like you know, am I taking Bryce Young or CJ Stroud? And, you know, now, now it's like, oh, God, I hope you didn't take Bryce Young over CJ Stroud. So let's go ahead and reveal players two and three because they are in the same tier. So Stroud was kind of in a tier by himself. And then our next two guys, Caleb Williams, that we've been talking about, Anthony Richardson. We do have Caleb Williams right ahead of Anthony Richardson. They're basically in the same tier. Yeah, for me, I mean, I – just gave Richardson the edge because I mean the little bit he showed was just outrageous. Like what 30 points a game or whatever it was he was averaging in the two two games he played. 
Yeah, and I mean the the game that he got injured, he had two touchdowns like in the first half too. So he was about to explode in that game too. I still think that there's going to be a lot of people that are sitting on the 101 that are going to buy into all this hype of Marvin Harrison Jr., especially like after the combine and stuff. And you're going to see a lot of people sitting on the 101. Maybe they've already got a couple quarterbacks and they're like, they're just like foaming with the mouth for Marvin Harrison Jr. And you see some cheap trade backs from the 101 to the 102. I have a good example. One of my 101s, it is in a league with Brian. He has no, he has maybe one quarter. Well, he has Bryce Young. He has no quarterbacks. <laughs> and Justin Fields. It's so like I'm in a position where I'm a full tank. So like I, I probably just have to sit and just take another QB. Or do I just make a cheap, a cheap trade back to 102 and then take Marvin Harrison Jr.? I think you're going to see a lot of those this offseason. And it may take you up to like the draft day to make those deals. But I just think. In rookie drafts, it could be pretty cheap to move from the 102 to the 101, depending on the needs of what the person is at 101. Yeah, I think everybody always says, you know, draft talent, not for need. Um, but it's harder to actually do that than it is to say it. Like to actually say, you know, like you have a quarterback staring at you and you have a great wide receiver. You already have two or three good quarterbacks like you're talking about. Todd and it's 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 hard to be like oh like why wouldn't I just take Marvin Harrison Jr. Don't give anything or you know if I'm not going to get a, a nice little plus from me in that situation, why not just take the receiver that probably is a stud? Well, and like we were just talking about with Stroud, like that saying operates under the assumption we actually know who the talented guys are, <laughs> and we're the entire football community is not great at you know <laughs> identifying that all the time. There's going to be a lot of broken brains if Marvin Harrison isn't good. If I'm in a startup like last year, I think I mentioned this last week, I was kind of upset at the end of that first round. This year, if I'm at like the 110, 111, and you stick me with Anthony Richardson, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited because I'm going to come back around in the early second and I'm going to be able to get a stud receiver to go with him. And you've just started me off with two young awesome pieces, probably guys that we're going to talk about here in just a minute. And so speaking of some of those guys in that next tier, let's just go ahead and do the whole tier here. And we've got them, these guys in order, Marvin Harrison, Jr. Bijan Robinson, Garrett Wilson, Jameer Gibbs. We had these guys all ranked pretty similarly. Um, I thought it was interesting that we had consensus of Marvin Harrison, Jr. Over Bijan. Brian, you had him behind Bijan. Is that just like a running back um, position positional thing? Or I guess you've talked about how you're like not moving down off of Bijan. Yeah, it's it's I wouldn't say it's like a like a lock take or anything like that, but like Bijan doesn't have the shitty coach anymore. Uh, I think he's gonna trend up back up in value and perception. I think he was a stud when he did get the ball. So it's one of those things that I don't know where Marvin Harrison lands. I don't know who his quarterback's going to be. Is his coach going to be a dickhead like Arthur Smith? I don't, I don't know. So like those are kind of things where I was thinking of the thought. Pro- like that was my thought process for him and Gibbs ahead of Marvin Harrison. I thought it was interesting that y'all were so much. Like I had Garrett Wilson as like the next guy. And I just thought it was interesting that y'all were a good bit lower on Garrett Wilson than me. Like, so like, 
Matt, you've got Marvin Harrison Jr. a few spots ahead of Garrett Wilson. Like to me, it's just difficult because like I hope that Marvin Harrison Jr. becomes like that Garrett Wilson. Like I think he will. I guess it's like the Garrett Wilson situation kind of sucks. Yeah, I I don't blame anyone for having Garrett above Harrison. I think that's maybe the more responsible thing to do right now. I just trust everybody uh, that says Marvin is different. Um, So I think he's that type of rare prospect that we can actually use the generational label instead of, you know, just we kind of toss that around a little bit too much, but it seems deserved in his case. So I'm just kind of treating him like that right now. And, and I want to make it clear. These, this, this tier of four is exactly how I viewed it in terms of a tier of four. I, those were all like one, a one B one C one D it wasn't yeah. one, two, three, four. So like they could easily in, you know, I could see myself changing my mind in a month, honestly, like those are interchangeable for me. Yeah, like uh, I agree with that completely. If I like, I had uh, Marvin ranked fourth on this list and I had Wilson ranked sixth on this list. And like, I wouldn't even move like a very late second to, you know, make that swap. So I, they're, they're pretty even for me. All right. So just to like run through who we've had so far. So we started off with CJ Stroud in a tier by himself. Then we had Caleb Williams and Anthony Richardson. And then the next tier down was Marvin Harrison Jr., B. John Robinson, Garrett Wilson, and then Jameer Gibbs. And I did think it was interesting that we had Gibbs and Bijan so disconnected from Brees. So um, part of that, I think, was that Brian was just so much higher on, on Bijan and Gibbs, and then Matt and I were a little bit lower. So that, like separated the tier a little bit um so Brees was that next guy in line but like i just have a hard time understanding how they can be disconnected like they're one year apart i would probably if you have to if i have to pick who's going to score more points in 2024 this upcoming season i would pick Brees hall i mean i yeah, I'll let uh, Brian explain like kind of what he views as a difference. To me, I had Bijan 7, Gibbs 8, Brees Hall 9, and I see absolutely no difference in the three guys. I'm happy to take either one of them. If I what have I'm one trying... of the three guys that I'm getting any kind of plus to make a swap, I'm doing that. Sorry, go ahead. So, so just for those listening and watching, um, we're all looking at this list, the shared list, and revealing it like Todd mentioned. I see... Todd and I both have a fifth-ranked player. I don't see Matt having a fifth-ranked player yet, so I'm really curious to see who that fifth-ranked guy is. Um, so that's that. I've been kind of daydreaming, trying to think of who that guy is. Yeah. So yeah. let's just go ahead and release it, and then we can kind of go back and and um, update the list. So the next two guys off the board, we still have not made it to Matt's fifth-ranked player. So. We just went through, obviously, those top three quarterbacks. Marvin Harrison Jr., Bijan, Garrett Wilson, Gibbs, Brees. Matt and I kind of agree that Bijan, Gibbs, and Brees are all kind of a tier together. And then so you, you have these are- two receivers that are kind of have been paired together for quite a while, and that's Alave and Puka. And they're the next two guys on our list. Yeah, I, I kind of struggled with who to put first. I put Alave, and then I – like after kind of turning the list in, I was like, nah, I probably want to do that. I would, 
Uh, do, you, do you not have five? So I just I just <laughs> unveiled a lot of the list, and Matt just failed to put in another player. That makes me wonder if I put two of the same number for someone else. So you know we're going at it live right here, people. <laughs> yeah, I guess I just missed the number five. Uh, all right, so let's talk. Let's all let's talk Alave and Puka because I was talking to my brother yesterday, and I'm actually having a hard time understanding why these guys are tiered together. Puka just outperformed him by a long shot. Yeah, yeah. Puka's peripherals much better. Puka in a better situation. He's going to score more points in 2024. Why are they tiered together? It doesn't even make sense. I mean, maybe that's just because Puka's underrated. I don't think Olave is necessarily overrated, though. So I think it's probably that Puka is underrated. I think it, I think part of it's still like we talked about like so many different people, like the name brand. Olave has that name brand pedigree that people are hanging on to, and he hasn't been bad, like you're saying. And there's definitely some Puka doubters. That being said, uh, so I had Brees eight, Puka nine. That would be my personal tier. And then Olave would be the next tier. I wouldn't have him in the same tier for me personally. I think with Olave and Puka, it's probably a too simplistic way of looking at it. And it's probably not even an accurate way of looking at it. But I think a lot of people just say Olave is in a horrendous situation. Puka's in a perfect situation for him. Awesome. Like Stafford's been awesome this year. Uh, McVeigh compared to Dennis Allen is, you know, about as wide of a chasm as there can be. Um, so it's kind of the maybe his situation will improve. And a lot of is really awesome in real life. So I, I saw, so you're talking about a bad situation and with the Saints. I, I saw a video this morning actually on Twitter somewhere. Um, and it was, it was this, this guy that looked like car walking down the street. And I assume Vegas and a guy just pulled over. He's like, Hey, Hey, what are you doing? You should be practicing. You, that's why we suck. You're walking to work right now. What are you doing? Like, and it was just like, like it, I just, and you made me think of it when you said it was a terrible situation. So that's, I agree. Man, car just had some rough, rough, moments this year from what i saw but yeah i mean ian harditz tweeted that um chris alave had the second most unrealized air yards um i think uh deandre hopkins was number one so there are some talented players up on the list it's not like chris alave blew everybody out of the water so i'm not necessarily saying that there's a ton of regression coming for that but he does have probably some balls that were sent away that could go the other direction next year and you could see an improvement. But I think even if he improved on that, he's still not scoring as many points as Puka. Well, Todd, before we like move on to the next tier, I I saw that uh, if I'm looking at it correctly, you have a Lave 11 and Puka 12. Yeah, I did that yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Do it today. I would flip those. Yeah, it's so, funny. Yeah. I did the same exact thing. Like after I turned it in, I was like, "Wait, why did I put a lava above?" It wouldn't really change and, anything with our grouping. Yeah, um, they'd still be saints here. Todd, Todd for our, for our listeners, unrealized air yards is that Chris Olave's winning routes is open and then is just missed, or yeah, basically. Like, so like yep, he's yep. running a he's running a post and it's a twenty five yard post and the ball is at him at the twenty five yard mark and it's just not caught. Whether it's not caught due to him or it's not caught due to the pass, I'm going to assume majority of them are due to bad passes and bad throws. So except, he's, except the one that hit him in the face mask. Yeah, was... except for the one that hit him in the face mask. 
I was going to say, I, I remember him having a couple notable, like, <laughs> what the fuck moments um, throughout the year. And that's probably why Matt was like, why is, like, why do people like Chris Olave still? And it was like, you hear, you see those, like, bad moments, but then you didn't realize he also had 120 yards earlier in the game kind of thing. The thing that actually made me find that unrealized air yard stat was the person had quote tweeted Ian Harditz, and he said, time to start stuffing these nerds into lockers again. Unrealized air yards? <laughs> How many unrealized bitches you got, pal? <laughs> oh, I did see that one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was how I actually found the Chris Olave air yards, unrealized air yards stat. But I think I have one new person that we need to follow on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So the next two guys in that list were Chris Olave, Puka. Um, I would I would take Puka over Chris Olave, but it's not like Chris Olave is moving down. It's just kind of like I prefer Puka one to one. So All why right, don't we so... run down? That's that's our top eleven, right? Yeah, top that's 10. our top 10. So let's just run through the yeah. top 10. We got CJ Stroud, Caleb Williams, Anthony Richardson. Those were the clear top three. Um, those are all guys going in the first round of startups. And these next guys from down, probably like you could see going in the mid second of startups at a lot of places. Now, some of them might go early, but I think a lot of times they could go mid to late. So then you've got Marvin Harrison Jr., Bijan, Garrett Wilson, Gibbs, then Brees Hall. Alave and Puka. So that is our top 10 for the 22, 23, 24 classes. So coming in at 11, we had Drake May, who will probably be the consensus 103 or 104 of rookie classes or of the 24 rookie class. Yeah. yeah so, so Matt, last week you were like crazy high on Drake May. And now I have Drake May ninth in this. So I'm, I guess I'm, anchoring at the top end and then matt's the lowest on him um so matt what what happened i mean after the pod last week i uh like we kind of talked about uh, some of this is just guessing and i was like oh i guessed wrong like he's not people don't love him as much as i thought because uh, I, I thought he was more comparable to caleb than uh like at least from a real life perspective uh especially because he runs a lot so I, I don't have a strong opinion personally on Drake May. I'm just kind of trying to guess what the market is going to do with him. And to your point, it does seem like he's anywhere from like 102 to 104. Um, to, um, rookie, yeah, I don't think rookie hype has cycles for sure. Rookie yeah. hype is cyclic for sure. Um, it like like the reason I ranked him where I ranked him was for that kind of protection. I could see him being 102, and he'll move up my board. If he was 104, he'd move back a little bit. Who he lands with? Is it someone that is they're telling us is going to go two and then goes fifteen, like something crazy that we don't know about that scouts do or whatever? I don't know. So that's kind of where I was at with him and another quarterback in this class. Okay, yeah, so. that, yeah. I was going to say uh, the to me the our tier here makes sense because we have Drake May at eleven and there's four people in this tier. We have Sam Laporta. Jaden Daniels and Trey McBride in this in this tier, and like May and Jaden Daniels is kind of the one where I'm not really sure who to favor right now, and I think a lot of people are in that same boat. Okay, so you guys are sitting on the clock at the 103, and you have the opportunity to get any of these guys for your 103 one for one. Chris Olave, Puka. 
Laporta. Are you trading the 103 for all three of those guys, one for one? That was Puka, Alave, Laporta. And let's assume that it went Chalk, Caleb, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. So your option is Drake May or Jaden Daniels, and somebody's coming to you and they're offering you one of Puka, Alave, Laporta. I, so to continue filibustering here while y'all think about it, I had Drake May ahead of all those guys, but you guys had them ahead of Drake May. Yeah, I think I would. So a lot of this kind of depends on uh, my team build, I guess. Like how badly do I need a, t- a quarterback? And I know you shouldn't draft for need, all that stuff, but like that's to me not always practical. But like if I if I have a good team and, you know, two quarterbacks and I'm set there, yeah, I'll trade the 103 for Puka or Olave. Sure. I, I, th- I think they're worth right around there. So I think that's about their value. Again, Malik Neighbors, I would, if he gets it like top five, top 10 draft capital, which I think is definitely possible, if he gets a good landing spot, he will go up my board as well. I think he's a stud in the making. Okay. So where would he compare to like Puka Olave? He'd be, yeah, I guess he'd be behind them. So uh, I, I guess I'll, I would say I would trade 103, I guess, for those those guys. But if Neighbors goes top 10 to the Chargers, if Neighbors goes at, in the top 10, I'm, he's probably, uh, m- maybe 103 for me. Ooh. Yeah. He's, he's good. I mean, this class is absolutely stacked at the top five. And then if you want to argue Brock Bowers at the 106, like this class is crazy one through five and I'm kind of down on it from there. And that's, so that's debatable, but like one through five, this class is like wild. So for me, it's one through seven, actually. Like, uh, I mean, just Bowers and Odunze, I think are no doubters, like at least as prospects, I think they're awesome. Um, so to me, it's, to me, there's a top, a clear top seven right now. Like there ended up being a clear top six last year. Um, that's how I view it right now, but. Yeah, yeah, I do agree there's a clear top six and seven, but like, all right, let's just take Malik Neighbors. We were just talking about him. If Malik Neighbors was in that 2022 class with Garrett Wilson, London, Brees Hall, he's right there with Brees Hall up for the 101 because he would be a clear better prospect than Garrett Wilson and London. And I don't I don't agree with that, but I also didn't agree with any of the Garrett Wilson stuff uh, coming out. I thought he was the clear cut best prospect in that class. Uh, as well, we're talking about we're talking about Malik Neighbors going five to the Chargers versus ten to the Jets, or where did London go? Seven to the Falcons or eight to the Falcons? So, yeah. like, and there's a difference in the production that we're that we've seen. So he would probably be the clear cut one hundred two. And I don't think Brock Bowers is like a 102 type of prospect. I think I saw neighbors this past season had the second highest PFF grade since 2019 or something like that for a receiver behind only Devontae Smith, who had like one of the, if not the best college receiving season as ever. So um, definitely like, like what Todd's saying, if he gets the draft capital, he's, he's an early declare. He's a stud uh, wheels up. All right, so that that tier, Matt mentioned it. It has Drake May, Laporta, Jaden Daniels, and Trey McBride. And that sends us through 14 players. So 
15th player right after training bride. So basically our tight end three of this group um, is Brock Bowers, who we just mentioned. Um, and we actually have him and Malik neighbors tied. Um, so based on the conversations we've been having on Malik neighbors, Brian, you are the highest on him, but you did have neighbors after Bowers, but I guess you're probably not assuming like fifth of the chargers in this. Exercise. Yeah, exactly. That's ex- like neighbors could move two, three, four spots up for me for sure. Um, yeah. I think a lot of those are close together. I think Bowers in a tight end premium situation, he is one of the best college tight ends that's ever existed. So, so where are we on Bowers in the overall tight end ranking? Like, let's just kind of assume average landing spot. He goes like 10th-ish, 12th-ish, something like that. Um, so really good draft capital. He's after Laporta for us. He's after McBride. In the overall, not just in these three classes, overall tight end ranking, where is he like Andrews, um, Hawkinson? Where is he compared to some of these other guys? For me, it's tight end three. I would say fifth. I'd say behind Andrews and Hawkinson, but he could obviously even even with ACL, Hawkinson's up there. Yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> but I mean, it's it's something we we've all all three of us I think have talked at pretty decent length that we're not huge Hawkinson guys, but it was a volume, and he's done yeah. enough to over and over again to say that he's this good. Um, but, yeah, like if yeah, Bowers went to Bowers, a situation like Hawkinson. He's also not not off, not off a serious injury, but he's coming off an injury. He was playing hobbled half the season this year. So see how he responds as well. Yeah, I mean, in some formats, Hawkinson was tight end one this year. So like in uh, full PPR tight end premium. So like he was tight end one, like basically tied with somebody. But like um, Hawkinson is in like a situation – with all the volume with O'Connell, like if Bowers got that situation type of situation, I would, yeah, I'd move Bowers ahead of Hawkinson. I'll say there's almost no situation that will scare me with Bowers. Uh, Like I, if he lands with a bad QB, whatever, that sucks. Uh, Hopefully it changes, but like, you know, I can't see Baltimore trading up and drafting him or something like that. Like they, there's just no situation. I'll be like, Oh, that's a shitty situation. Like, but you're also like then you're just forgetting what happened with Kyle Pitts, like the up and downness, and like Najoku, for example, people loved coming out. There's been like a lot of like athletic, hyped up tight ends. I mean Bowers, I'm I'm not do- I'm not doubting Bowers. I'm not, but because uh, he has a track record. But there's it's it's not always a sure thing with tight ends. Just like we talk about quarterback volatility, not knowing what's going on. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. I just, uh, I don't, maybe it, maybe that's like something I should look into more. I just don't care that much about situation with tight ends. Like that was one of the reasons I didn't care that much about Dalton Kincaid. I thought that was kind of a little overhyped. Um, I just don't care that much about the situation. Maybe that's- well, We, we, we see like what it did for Laporta. If Laporta went to, he was not a, a landing spot proof player. He went to a really good offense with, a, a team that wanted to involve him saw his skill sets. So like, that's what I mean. I guess like, you know, he, he can go out there with no makeup, but if they put some makeup on, he might win some more awards sort of thing. Yeah. Fair. All right. So right after Bowers and neighbors, and this is still on the same tier, it's kind of a large tier for us. Um, I'll just list out the whole tier and then we can talk about any of these guys that we want. So this tier had Bowers and neighbors, um, Devon Achan, Brock Purdy, 
Tank Dell, and then we get to Drake London. So this is player 15 through 20. Yep. Bowers, Neighbors, Achan, Purdy, Dell, and London. Um, I thought it was interesting that we had Neighbors very, all three of us, I think, ahead of Tank Dell. Um, and then also against ahead of London. So we are pretty bullish there. I think, Matt, you were the lowest on A-Chan. Yeah, that's going to be a theme uh, with a lot of these. I, I'm lower on all these running backs than you guys. I just don't want to build my team around high-value running backs. So I'm always going to choose the elite res- young receiver over the elite young running back. One thing to me, I think, and I'm just kind of like thinking through this exercise, why do we have such an extreme gap between like Gibbs and HM? Like how different really are they? Especially next year when you've got to assume either Mostert is either not there or he takes a step back and HM takes a step forward. Like what so is I, think, I, I think with Achan, it's just his build, his size, questions about his What's workload. He got hurt. Gibbs, he got hurt. He got hurt several times this year. That's it, really. I mean, we could we could very well sit here a year from now and be like, yeah, Gibbs has some injuries and Achan's not injury prone. Like it just, I feel like yeah, but, yeah, 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 but Achan Achan's like historically small for the position. Like so, Gibbs is so Todd. Not big. Go so, ahead. Todd, you're saying, like, what is the gap? And I, I think it's a valid question, at least to think about. If you have Jameer Gibbs, what are you needing on top of HN to move him? I mean, if I have Gibbs, which I, I don't, so this is probably not a fair, fair, if you not did, a fair person yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, I, that is, I mean, Gibbs and anything I can get on top HN. of HN okay. is. A win. When I say anything, like obviously, like the three hundred nine isn't like moving the needle so, because so I'll such give a, like gap. like somewhere in the second is something I'm okay. going to be trying. So it's, try it's, like it's not like a it's not it's not like a Dontavian Wicks. You're welcome, Matt. That's the quick Packers reference. I do like I do like Dontavian Wicks, but yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe that's why I get a five. <laughs> maybe somebody a little bit better, but yeah, I mean. Something on top. I mean, I just don't. I don't think that there's probably that much of a difference between the two. And if I can build out some depth, um, let's say I'm a contender, and I could do a two for two, and get a really old guy. Let's say um, I trade away Jameer Gibbs and like a second, and I get a Chan and a um, Keenan Allen. Or I was just saying, um, Amari Cooper. Cooper. Yeah, Amari yeah, yeah. Cooper. One of those guys. So I get some sort of little bit of a boost. I do acknowledge that Gibbs has a major market value advantage over Achan. So like, there's more people in my league that will be like, I really want Gibbs, than will be like, I really want Achan, and I have more trading opportunities. Um, but if I had Gibbs, I mean, really, any of those three: Bijan, Gibbs. Reese and I've got some Bijan. I probably should go and like at least pulse it and see what see what I can. I'm do. also this is this is just a strictly an offseason thing that I do personally. I don't want to trade for either running back that's playing in the playoffs right now. Like something yeah. can change their value pretty drastically pretty quickly. Hopefully not, but it could happen. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And like the only other thing is that I last thing I'd say about it is kind of to what I was saying about how I consistently have a lot of these running backs uh, a little bit lower than you guys. Uh, I don't trust the volatility of the position. I think it's hard to predict. Uh, so, yeah, it would not shock me at all if 12 months from now we're talking about HN RB1 overall in Dynasty. Like, I have who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I have one more thing within this tier, Brock Purdy. Um, Matt and I have gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I have him ranked 19. Matt has him ranked 22. So well, I just wanted to make that I want to make that clear that he, he paints me as this Purdy hater, this love hater. And in reality, I'm higher than him than he is. I'm higher on Purdy than Matt is currently in this group. Within this tier, but you got to remember, I am missing a five, so I only had two spots lower than you, actually. I think, but yeah, sure, fair point. still, still higher, still higher. So I think the basically the consensus here is that Matt is much higher on receivers, and then a little bit lower on quarterback and running back. I'm probably I, I wouldn't, uh, no, I wouldn't, I, I would not say lower on quarterback. It's just. Uh, Maybe you're lower on Purdy and you're lower on Drake May. And those are the only like two real quarterbacks that were outside of those top three. So there's two and it's a two for two. I mean, like Jaden Daniels and no, I, well, all right. I mean, maybe, but I would say I don't look at it. He's not saying you're lower on quarterbacks. You're not, you're not lower on quarterbacks in general, Matt, with this group. It seems like just how it played out with the rankings. Like you have 10, 11 guys. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Yeah. With this group. I I mean, part of it is there's a lot of really good young receivers in this group. So, uh, but yeah. So why don't we, so we've, we've gone through 20. Why don't we recap the 20 again here? Um, Just so we're kind of all staying on the same page save where we are where we're right where we're wrong um we have stroud at one caleb williams anthony richardson marvin harrison jr Bijan, garrett wilson gibbs hall olave puka at 10 drake may sam laporta Jaden daniels trey mcbride brock bowers malik neighbors hn purdy Dell London. That's our top 20. And when you get through the top 20, you could kind of, as you're thinking about like rookie picks, those top 20 basically are your one through six of 2024 picks. So like if you're thinking, um, you know, I really don't want a tight end. Um, I expect Bowers to be there at six. Who could I trade for and still get a young guy like at receiver? The guys that we kind of have in that tier would be Tank Dell, London. Um, let's say that you're in need of a quarterback and you're sitting on like the 106 or the 107. We're kind of saying Brock Purdy. Does that like line up with your thinking on like Brock Purdy, for example? Yeah, I think so. I think if I, yeah. if I was sitting on the 107 and I needed a quarterback, I'd be okay with it at the 106. Ugh. It's a little tougher yeah. to pull that trigger. Yeah, but I, um, I would like assuming draft capital, I'd rather have Daniels as like a re-roll than Purdy, for example, for quarterback. Yeah, quarterback. yeah. I'm assuming Daniels is long gone at that point. But yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, so for me, this is where the teardrop just like really falls apart. And it does for us overall, but based on the way the rankings look, it's more so for me with 
the next guy on the list, and that's Roma Dunze. And I am just much lower on him, probably than the whole market, and definitely versus you guys. And you know, Matt and I have him 10 spots apart. Matt has him at 18, and I've got him at 28. So we are like on two different planets in this exercise on Odunze. <laughs> it's Odunze, right? Odunze. Just wanted to make Roma I, I, I barely Roma, know. Roma Dunze, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I don't have a lot to say other than he looks awesome every time I see him play. I thought he was probably the best player on the field against Michigan. Um, so what did he do on the field that made you think he was the best player on the field? I mean, he got like got wide, got, got wide open constantly against uh, what's considered I mean, there were the two team. broken plays where they were just like the, the Michigan defenders were just kind of like lost track of people. I don't, I don't know if like I oh, mean, he, the Michigan cornerbacks considered their cornerback one of the 2025 draft class. He's considered like an elite level cornerback prospect. I thought Rome played awesome against him. Uh, whenever I've seen Washington this year, he stands out to me as he pops off the screen to me. That's what I'll say. So I saw someone compare him to Chris Olave in terms of style and he's bigger. Um, yeah. I didn't watch the national championship game, so I'm not going to comment on that. Michigan's cornerback is a stud. Um, so anything that he would have gotten probably would have been earned, I would think. But um, that's that's just what, what one person I saw on Twitter compare him to bigger Chris Olave. So uh, our so, friend Dynasty Zoltan said that Odunze runs the best sluggo route uh, since Odell Beckham Jr. And, and, and I don't that's know like about out, out and up is Suggo out and up, basically. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, okay. I, I I, mean, I see that. He's a really fluid mover on the field. I, And I think that uh, those type of traits really translate at the next level. Um, I don't see almost anything to knock on Odunze as a prospect. I think uh, a lot of other years he would be in the running for wide receiver one in the draft class. It's just this is a really good class. Matt, do you remember yeah. in the so, in, our, in our group um, chat every, when I brought up him as being a potential wide receiver too, and everyone jumped down my throat? And then I've obviously I, since then. I don't remember that, but that sounds like the group chat where like we are quick to tear someone's opinion, and then, then two months later be like, "Eh, actually, I kind of agree with that." <laughs> so go ahead. So I'll be doing my like player comps and. I kind of look at receivers from more of an analytical lens because I'm not going to go through and like watch every single one of these players, every game, every snap. Um, so I am down a little bit on his like analytical side. I do think the one okay. concern that I have with Odunze is every year, basically, and there's a lot of times it's more than every, more than one time every year. We have like this one guy that everybody in the fantasy community thinks is going to be, like a first round pick, it's going to be a superstar. And then they just fall away, fall into the draft, fall down to the draft. And a lot of times it ends up happening because of the combine. And I think that's pretty um, agreed upon that he won't run a great 40. And I'm not saying that that's important, but the NFL puts an importance on it. So like for me personally, like I'm not worried about like his speed, he looks fine, but the NFL will say, Oh, he ran a four, six, two. They may drop him down in the draft. And if he goes in like the third, fourth round, then I think it becomes a concern. But as we sit today, we can't 
we can't like yep. say that. Like Matt, you're making a face, but like every year we see guys that fall like that. Like it I'm just pretty, happens. I'm like ran a, a sub I mean, four fourth four round. Like unless he commits a four four last year unofficially. Yes, but every year there's a guy that like we all think is awesome, and the NFL doesn't think is awesome. And like we can still draft him. There's been Amon Ross St. Brown. He was he we thought he was awesome. The NFL didn't, and he's still awesome. But there's also guys that. We think are awesome. The NFL doesn't. They go. They fall into the draft, and then they aren't good. So, so Todd, if they he goes top, if he goes top twenty, oh yeah, then he's obviously awesome. I'm not saying he's yeah, not. Okay. I'm just saying like no, he right. is the type of player, bigger body, probably not that fast, but maybe he is, and he could. So like if I was drafting pre rookie pre NFL draft, he would be somebody that I would be a little bit hesitant on. Until we get more of these like mock draft databases where they're those those tend to be more right, um, not right. That's probably not the right word. A little bit more accurate in the late in the last few years. But there are there is a guy every year. There'll be a guy that will just crater, and us fantasy people think he's good. And he ends up not being good. Yeah, if Odunze falls to round three, uh, none of my ranking matters. Like, yeah, I, I would drop that guy significantly. I'm just, yeah, I'm, really I'm, I'm assuming, I'm, I'm assuming mid first uh, draft capital and maybe. Yeah. That that's what I'm in. I am too with my, with my ranking. And that's, that's all we can go on right now. I'm more just talking about like, if you were to be in a um, rookie draft pre NFL draft and I was sitting at the one Oh seven. Yeah. I guess he's the consensus one Oh seven pick, but I would have a lot of apprehension hitting that selection. I think I'd be shopping that 107 and and see if there's, you know, here's some other guys on that board. So let's just kind of go through yeah. that. Let's just go through that tier. And that next tier is Roma Dunze, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Dalton Kincaid, Kyron Williams, Rasheed Rice, Zay Flowers, and Jordan Addison. So that was a Dunze, JSN, Kincaid, Kyron Williams, Rasheed Rice, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison. If I was sitting on the 107 right now and you know, I, I gun to my head, I'm taking any of those guys in that tier over him. Although I don't like, I, oh, besides Addison, um, I would, but I like from a market value standpoint, I could probably like, get something on top of it just because people do love Odunze and they don't like a lot of these guys we just mentioned. Yeah. I, uh, zero, zero chance I would trade him for JSN after jsn's rookie year but uh jsn i'm clearly of much lower than you guys it looks like brian has jsn 21 you have him 22 todd i have him 28 uh so we agreed on him as a prospect i think i'm just uh a lot more down on his rookie year than you guys this is a interesting group uh for sure it is it's 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 dominated by a lot or it's a lot of 2023 um the receivers that have kind of given us a lot of good and maybe some bad or question marks. So it's kind of like all of these guys could probably be stars or they could all kind of fizzle out. That's how I see it at this point. And I, I think it's almost perfect that Kyron Williams is in this group because all these guys have uh, reasons to really like them and maybe some question marks that are keeping them from like the tier above them that, Maybe they're not quite as sure things. And, you know, with Kyron, it's obviously the draft capital and the fact that he didn't do and anything. Just until to, for explanation, I don't know if this is good process or not, but the reason I have Kyron Williams lower than you, Todd has 21, I had, or you had 23, Matt, I had 29, is I'm not doubting that he's good at this point. 
but I'm it's doubting. I've 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 already kind of missed the boat in that sense. Yeah. That I don't want to pay because he was great this past year. Yeah. So this group sense. is basically like if you're thinking about rookie picks, is essentially like around like the 108 to the 112 ish. Um, Matt, you have not to beat Odunze to death, but like let's more talk about the other guys that were in the tier ahead. You had Odunze ahead of Tank Dell and Drake London. I was surprised about that. Yeah, yeah. that was I mean, uh, you just are that high on Odunze, or like, yeah, Tank Dell and London. I'm that high on Odunze. I think Dell and London are awesome. Um, I, I think Odunze has real superstar potential, and um, maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I don't know. Uh, I'm definitely. I, I miss. I miss big on one receiver every year in rookie classes. So uh, I'm not going to say that it's definitive for sure with the dunes but i just really like it, him like i mean like it, he he could be 6'1 he could be 6'3 he could be a 200 pounds he could be 220 he could run a sub 4'4 four, four, he might might run a 4'6 like todd's saying like everything i've seen is 6'3 215 sub 440 sub 4440 but that was Traylon burks too and then Traylon burks ran whatever he ran a 4'5 or something unofficials can sometimes get weird so in this 108, if you've got like picks in the 108 to the 112, um, I'm going to run through these guys again. Would you be comfortable trading one for one? Like you're sitting on the clock. And this is, of course, just like as we are today. That's all we have to go on. Like we just have to assume what we know today on January 10th. So you're sitting on the clock at the 110. Are you trading away the 110 for JSN, Kincaid, Kyron, Rasheed Rice, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, any of those guys? I'm not guys? right. I'm not right now. Um, and I know that's kind of not the point of what you're saying. You're you're asking us to value it right now, but like more information will come along during this process that maybe Troy Franklin moves up a lot, you know, maybe Xavier Worthy, maybe a couple of these other guys. So I, I just would not trade a first round pick right now. Um, for one of these guys in this tier where I think it's pretty similar value, I would have to be getting a great value. For example, um, what if Troy Franklin goes to the Packers? Then it's 101. Yeah, that, right? right. Then, I mean, I'll never talk about Odunze again. It'll just be the Troy Franklin <laughs> show. So <laughs> you, you got to see and, where the landing spots end up. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, stamp my um, Troy Franklin ahead of Odunze. That'll be my... Uh, I'm yeah, fine with that, man. Not, Troy not today. Awesome. I won't do that today. He's good. But He's I good. Think at the at the end of this, I think I'll have Franklin ahead of Odunze. And like the and like Brian knows this. The guy that I really you know we'll talk about him later. Got Xavier Worthy is that guy for me. I just based on the eye test, I think he looks awesome. And then like you know, uh, trying to read smarter draft and Debbie people than myself, it's like oh man, a lot of people do not like this guy that much. I need to definitely cool my jets with him. So. Uh, a lot of stuff is going to come to light in the next couple months that I think is going to adjust how we rank a lot of these guys. Okay, so these are basically, we've kind of said this is like going through the 112. Let's go ahead and mention the next guy on the list because I think he kind of fits into that last group. But for whatever reason, our average didn't have him there. So Ken Walker um, is the next guy on the list. Would you trade... 111, 112 for Ken Walker? 
I, I would. Um, that's like, especially like, again, uh, I don't, I mean, you're not filling out starting lineups right now, but I would pay, I would pay that because I think Kenneth Walker is, he's pretty good. And that gets me like, I, I, I think I'm going to probably end up getting more Kenneth Walker than I probably expected or anticipated as, as an example, as Matt's likes just freaking out over there. No, no, no. I, uh, that wasn't my reaction. I, I like I have Ken Walker the lowest of us easily, but um, I'm fine trading the one eleven or one twelve firm if you need a running back, um, or if you just think he's a better value. I'm I'm fine with that. I just uh, I don't I don't love Walker. I, I don't ever see any kind of elite ceiling. I think he's fine. Um, I think he's you know going to produce RB two numbers uh, going forward. Maybe low end RB one. I think this yeah. class could be real. This this twenty four class could be really fun if they get like I don't know like ten or fifteen guys that get you know worthy draft capital in the real draft. Like this could be pretty fun. I think because oh, yeah. running backs are weird. Yeah, like we don't even have any running backs at, from the twenty four class to this point, and we I don't even think we have any in the entire ranking. And it's just because like we don't we don't know yet. I mean, Travion Henderson sounds like he's gonna declare. We got. Uh, Jonathan Brooks from Texas. Yeah. He declared people seem pretty high on him. But he just got um, hurt too, right? Yeah, he got hurt in the middle of the year. I don't. I think he should be okay. But then you've got Benson from Florida State. It's just kind of. I mean, it's a mess at running back for this class. So if like yeah. you were in a dire state and needed a running back, you're a contender, and you moved your 112 for Ken Walker. I don't think that's a bad deal. Now I don't people... think that you can probably make that trade, but. Bray, Braylon Allen, somebody will freak out about him if he gets drafted semi high. That's another guy out of Wisconsin. Yeah. So that was through 28 players when we got down to Ken Walker. And yeah. from here, it's kind of a mixed bag of guys that I would say are like more worth like mid seconds besides a couple, and I don't really understand what happened in our ranking here. So I'm going to call them out. Um, what The first one, and we are, these are just guys that we're really disconnected. So we went, we got through 28 players. Um, the, the first guy I want to call is George Pickens. So I have George Pickens basically in that tier that we just mentioned, along with like Rasheed Rice, A. Flowers, Jordan Addison. You guys are basically out on him. I think he did some good things this year. I think he like his peripherals are nice. His situation is awful and he's still producing. Now, granted, his numbers kind of look better due to that monster game against the Bengals on a Thursday night or whenever, or a Saturday night, whenever it was that we all saw. But like I think y'all are low on Pickens. Like I've, I've always, I've never liked Pickens, but like here I am. I don't even know what to say about him because I've I've always been like, nah, Pickens sucks. But here I am trying to back him up. I view this as a back. I view this whole group of guys as back end one guys. Um, so that's that's kind of just I just threw him at the end of the back end ones. Okay. So I don't so I don't know like like you're like you're like, viewing like like a four or five or six guys above is where the 111, 112. I was viewing this all as like kind of 110. 111, 112. That's fair. Like, so, like the guys that you were mentioning, like Odunze, JSN, Kincaid, Kyron Williams, Rasheed Rice, Zay Flowers, Addison, and Ken Walker are probably more like values between like 107 and like 110. 
And then this next yeah. list, Brian, you can hit them. Like the next list would be like 111, 112-ish. For me, that's that's kind of how I view it. So that'd be, right, so, you know, yeah. we have Jaden Reed, uh, Will Levis, Troy Franklin, who's the 24 guy, George Pickens, Xavier Worthy, Tajay Spears, Bryce Young. So there's like a lot of assumptions with this group, I think, in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I that that's how I was kind of viewing it. Like Will Levis, new coach, showed talent. Trey Franklin, see where he gets drafted. You know how high he gets drafted. Pickens, what's their quarterback situation like? Are they going to bring in another guy? Are they going to trade him because he's a dickhead? I don't know. Xavier <laughs> Worthy, total total wild card in my opinion. Tajay Spears, are they going to bring somebody else in and disrupt that, or is he going to have a free reign? Uh, and then Bryce Young, does he not suck anymore? So the one interesting thing about Pickens that I did read this year is supposedly his separation, like metrics and stuff like that, improved a ton from his rookie year. Um, like he he got a lot better at getting open, um, which, you know, I think could lead to uh, more reason to have him closer to where you have him, Todd. I just uh, – they're already talking about Russell Wilson might be there next year. I don't expect them to – improve their quarterback situation whatsoever Man, um, that would be wild and i'm kind of i mean that would be a that'd be a nice upgrade i mean i i, I don't like russell wilson as, as much as the next guy but russell wilson would be a nice upgrade over mitch trubisky and uh kenny pickett yeah yeah it's it just to me like <laughs> it, it feels like it, feel, it, it feels like a steelers move so yeah all right so you're mentioning like the like the open rate that sort of thing George Pickens, ESPN, RTM. Um, they have a model. Just Google ESPN, RTM, and it'll pop up there. Um, George Pickens was the sixth overall wide receiver for this model um, for 2023. So, like, Ayuk, A.J. Brown, CeeDee Lamb were the top three. Obviously, like, injuries played a little bit of a part for, like, our typical guys like Jefferson and Chase. Like, so you had some of that built in. Um, I am going to – throw out there that Dontavian Wicks is high on this list too. Um, so Wait, uh, our Packers. Uh, I'll even, I'll even uh, let the Wicks thing slide. So, Cause like uh, they have Pickens above a Monroe St. Brown. So it's a model that uses open rate, catch uh-huh. rate and yak. Okay. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it ranks them based on how good you are or how, um, okay predict it's not i wouldn't say it's predictive i would say it tells us what they did this past year so like if you went up against a shitty corner and you got open on him obviously like that's going to bode well in your favor um and one thing with pickens the past two years is his catch rate has been insane because like it, it it the model will like next gen stats has the the stat that shows like what were the odds of catching that pass yeah yeah Pickens is catching some balls that like are very low odds to odds to catch. So like he, he is bumped up for that too. Um, I think that he's probably underrated in the community, like overall and like the macro market, but from a view of like the person that has Pickens, I don't think that they're selling at some of these prices that um, like you might see on like keep trade cut. Um, I think, I don't know what he is on fantasy Cal, but I'm going to guess that there's a big gap between those two, between fantasy Cal and keep trade cut. Yeah, I mean, I, you convinced I me to take a closer either, look. Like, you convinced me to take a closer look at Pickens. I think. 
I think I convinced myself too. I mean, I don't have any George Pickens, <laughs> but We're all gonna... people do seem probably too low on him. I mean, he's wide receiver 31 on fantasy Cal, real trades, real leagues. Guys ahead of him, Keenan Allen, Jaden Reed, Mike Evans. Like Jordan Addison just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, what are what is what do people like about him? Hey man, he makes big plays. Uh, like if, if you're if you're, so if you're just like a, yeah, yeah, no, Pickens does too. I'm just saying, like, uh, I well, I think they're kind of similar in that boat actually. Um, where you know there could be some questions about some efficiency or whatnot, but. I, I, I think a lot of that's what it is with Addison, like the first round draft capital. And then, um, you know, they'll be playing an island game and he'll make a 75 yard ca- touchdown catch mm-hmm. where everybody's watching that game. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of that going on with Addison. Uh, I, I know that's personally why I still kind of like Addison is like I, I kind of see it with him. Um, but I also have no idea what that uh, team is going to look like next year or who's going to be quarterbacking it or what uh so i don't know just switching to pickens i think he's a good guy that you could approach someone with like uh uh early the mid two and like a 25 two and probably get him um so that's something that i'm probably going to target um even with maybe i'm low on him or not but i think that's you find enough people that probably would move him for that especially like once rookie fever really hits that's the nice thing about yeah, being in like more leagues is that in your one league, two leagues, yeah, probably George Pickens is owned by the guy that loves George Pickens. But if you've got double-digit leagues, you might be able to find the one guy that just happens to have George Pickens on accident, and that, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. would be the guy that, that you might be able to get that trade done of, like, what would you say, an early second and, like, a 25 second? Yeah. I mean, that's – I think that's a fair offer. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's an actionable deal. Um, so. so like you've got a rebuild team. You just, acqui- you got the 202. We've all got major tank teams that maybe want to try to contend next year, even if they're just trying to tank another year, which I mean, maybe not like the best process, but if that, if that's how the, how the chips fell, getting George Pickens for that price, if you've got a load of picks, I think you can do worse things with your picks. than. And, and just on this topic, I, I love one year tanking. Uh, like the year that just happened and everyone thinks that your team's still going to suck, but you have assets to make that team not suck and have them treat your 25 two as two Oh one or two Oh two. And then all of a sudden it becomes two ten, two eleven, two twelve. That's something that is very much a doable thing in most leagues. So that's just something to investigate. All right. So let's like, kind of like run through the the list one more time. Um, We've got the three quarterbacks up top got a really fun group that are like i guess early second round startup players with marvin harrison jr Bijan, garrett wilson and gibbs um one note we're gonna be posting all of our individual rankings um brian what we going to do is like post them to twitter um where we we'll, post them into we'll, the um feed of the podcast yeah we'll put it in with the same uh within the like replies of the posting of this new episode Okay, so you'll be able to see our ranking there for this that we've done, so you can follow along. But um, after that tier, we've got Brees Hall, um, Chris Olave, and Puka kind of clumped together. And then Drake May, Sam Laporta, 
Jaden Daniels, McBride. You can kind of think of those as like the 103, 104 grouping. And then the next grouping, you've got Brock Bowers, Neighbors, Achan, Purdy, Tank Dell, London. I would call that your 105 to 16, maybe 107 type value players. And then from there, we have a significant tier break, um, beginning with Odunze, um, besides Matt, um, JSN, Kincaid, Kyron Williams, Rasheed Rice, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison. These players being worth like 107 to 109 or 110. Um, include Ken Walker in that group, I would say. And then from there, you've got guys that are worth probably like around the 110, 111, 112. And that's Jaden Reed, Will Levis, Troy Franklin, George Pickens, Xavier Worthy, Tajay Spears, and Bryce Young. Ooh. So yeah. that's about that's 35 players that we just listed um, that are worth around a first round pick in 2024. And then, I mean, there's more potentially for 2024 class, especially like there's one guy that I I'm, I'm a big fan of receiver, Brian Thomas out of LSU. Uh, he's kind of forgotten after Malik neighbors kind of took the world by storm. That's, that's one guy to keep an eye out for if he gets draft capital. Yeah. There's going to be guys that come storming up. We, like we mentioned earlier, we didn't list any 2024 running backs. I don't think you really can. We haven't had Henderson declare for one, like, it's tough to really say who's going to be in there, but there will be a couple of them that probably jump in, whether they're second round NFL or even third round NFL picks. All right. So we're going to keep coming back once a week here in the off season. Once we get more declares and we're able to get some more data on some of these guys um, each year, I do the comps. So I'll probably do like some like bonus pods of like looking at some of those comps for wide receivers primarily. So we'll do stuff like that. Hit us up in the comments of anything you'd like to see. That would be helpful, but we're going to try to keep coming back once a week, Brian. Yeah. And Todd, you're, you're doing uh, some type of audit of your teams. I know um, that will be some type of content I'm doing. uh, I'm doing 12 teams as an audit and kind of going down the trades that I made, et cetera, et cetera. So that'll be some upcoming extra content. Yeah. So I've got 13, I'm in 13 dynasty leagues. I'm going to basically go through each of them have like an open hashtag transparency of like how those teams finished. Cause I know everybody's posting that type of stuff and it's hard to know what's what and what's real or not. So I'm just going to open up the books and um, let people take a look if they want. So we'll wrap it up here. We'll be back again next week for Brian. He is at Brian underscore O'Leary one. Matt is at, Dynasty Peasant. I am Todd at Dynasty Sflex. Thanks for joining Dynasty Market Watch podcast. We are out. Jalen Brown was fouled. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>